You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host as always, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at SCarGo, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. Today is Tuesday, April 13th, and after a very chaotic weekend, it felt very strange to have a relatively quiet Monday in the college basketball world. It actually kind of felt a little eerie. It seemed like there should have been more news that broke, especially in the Gonzaga world, and it just never did. But of course, there's still plenty to talk about, and we'll get to it all in just a second. Then later in the show, we'll continue our player reviews from the year. Uh, Today, we're talking about Corey Kispert and Jen Wirth, the dynamic duo, both on and off the court. Both of them had incredible four-year careers in Spokane, and both very well may be drafted in their respective drafts. So we're going to talk about their journeys and what they have meant to the program coming up today. Before we get to them, of course, here are the biggest news and notes from around Gonzaga. We'll start with Gonzaga baseball. Uh, Right-hand pitcher Gabriel Hughes was named the WCC Pitcher of the Week for the second time this year. He pitched seven shutout innings on Saturday in their 21-3 win over St. Mary's. This comes on the back of Alec Jacob, who won Pitcher of the Week last week. So back-to-back Pitcher of the Week awards for Gonzaga, and that's the fourth time that they've won the award this season in the eight weeks that it has been available. Gonzaga baseball plays tonight, Tuesday night, actually Tuesday afternoon. They play in Pullman at Washington State, looking to get another non-conference win. Entering this game, Gonzaga is 34th in the RPI in uh, all of college baseball. They have the number four ranked non-conference strength of schedule. So not only does the basketball team try to go out and play everybody, the baseball team tries to go out and play everybody. And they're setting themselves up for a at-large bid in case they don't win the WCC. They're are currently in first place in the WCC standings at 9-3, and three, but they have a very tough series coming up this weekend at Pepperdine. But first, they do play uh, at Washington State Tuesday afternoon at 3.05. If you want to watch that game, it's streaming live on the WSU live stream. Okay, let's talk about the Arizona coaching search. Still no real updates, which is kind of strange. Most people seem to think that Coming into Monday, Monday would be the latest that a some sort of decision would be made, and nothing has been made yet. But late Monday night, a little bit of news broke that seems that it could be relevant. So on Sunday, there are rumblings of a possible mystery candidate for the coaching job, and Eric Musselman's name was the one that was floating around. Well, it turns out late Monday night that Eric Musselman signed a contract extension over at Arkansas. So it's possible that Musselman was using Arizona as leverage to get an extension or a raise at Arkansas. I wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibilities. But Musselman, whatever the situation is, is not going to be the head coach at Arizona. So I imagine Tommy Lloyd probably still the favored candidate. But at this point, like I said on yesterday's show, the longer that this drags out, the more likely it is that Tommy Lloyd ends up staying in Spokane. And honestly, for the longest time, I thought that Tommy would take the job. At this point, I really don't know. There's so many different sources saying so many different things. I don't think anybody really has a clue. I don't even think the Arizona administration has a clue. Uh, The people around Arizona are frustrated with their own administration. Um, And so, you know, we're in the dark just as much as Arizona fans are at this point. So we're just going to have to wait and see. 
The other piece of meaningful Gonzaga news that came out on Monday is that North Carolina transfer Walker Kessler is not going to be transferring to Gonzaga, and he's also not returning to North Carolina, which seemed to be the two most prevalent options that everybody uh, thought he would be choosing from. Instead, he takes a third route, and he's going to transfer to Auburn and play for Bruce Pearl. I think Auburn gave him a guarantee of the most playing time right away. I don't know if he would play more than 10 or 15 minutes a game if he came to Gonzaga. I don't know the full roster situation at North Carolina. Um, I know he had a good conversation with new coach Hubert Davis, but apparently it wasn't enough to keep him there. So uh, Gonzaga is probably going to be okay for this season, assuming that Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren are on campus, which I believe they will be. It's the following season, which I really, really would have liked Walker Kessler for. Um, And it also makes the Omar Ballo transfer uh, a little bit more unfortunate because once Timmy leaves and Chet Holmgren's likely a one and done, once he leaves, there's going to be a lot of minutes up for grabs at the four and five spots. And essentially you're looking in two years at Anton Watson, Ben Gregg, and Caden Perry, who are all really power forwards and not exactly centers. Um, And so it would have been nice if Balo stuck around because I really do think he could have gotten minutes, uh, maybe not necessarily as a starter, but possibly as a starter, uh, but definitely as probably the first big off the bench. So it's unfortunate that Balo is gone. It's unfortunate that Kessler didn't arrive, not necessarily for this coming season in the 21-22 season, but they could have definitely used one of them in the uh, 22-23 season. So we'll see what happens with the uh, rest of the offseason and the transfer portal if Gonzaga wants to go out and get another big. I know they will certainly be looking for another backup point guard. Um, There hasn't been any linked uh, names outside of maybe Devin Askew, uh, so we'll keep an eye out on that. Speaking of the transfer portal, the last thing today is Finn Sullivan from San Diego. Uh, has entered his name in the transfer portal. 6'4", guard, uh, averaged uh, seven points this year, three assists, two and a half rebounds. Uh, He started pretty much every game for them. He was a role player each of his first two years there, so he is going to be taking his talents elsewhere. San Diego has had a very, very active uh, transfer portal. They've got eight guys who went into the portal. A couple of them have already signed elsewhere, including Yawin Masalski, who went to... San Francisco and Braun Hartfield, who went to Pepperdine. And then they've received three guys at the portal. So a lot, a lot of movement uh, within San Diego's roster. It's going to look basically completely different than the uh, ninth place team that it was this season. So Finn Sullivan out at San Diego. Coming up, we're going to talk about Corey Kispert. Peter Woodburn over at Slipper Still Fits, friend of the program. He wrote a farewell article about him on Monday with the title Epitome of a Zag. And he hit the nail on the head. I will tell you a story about Corey uh, leading into his freshman season, and then I'm going to give you a wild stat from his senior year. All that coming up in just a minute. First, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. 
rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So Gonzaga makes the national championship in the 2017 season, falls just short. Corey Kispert comes in the following year, his freshman season, and going into that year, uh, there was Twitter chatter about kind of what the rotation would look like um, going into that season, and Rem Bacamus at the time found the conversation, and Corey Kispert's name wasn't really mentioned at all uh, in terms of who was going to play at the two and the three spot, and Rem chimes in, and he says, Corey Kispert is absolutely playing right away, and he's going to play a lot of minutes, and so all of us kind of took that as like, okay, this this guy must be pretty legit. Well, it turns out he was pretty legit. And, and he started right away as a true freshman. I don't know if people actually remember that or not, but he started his first seven games as a true freshman before his ankle injury. Uh, and then he was coming off the bench the rest of the season. He never really looked quite the same, but he was still a very good player. I mean, in those five, those first five games that he started, uh, he averaged 12 points, four and a half rebounds, and shot 45 and a half percent from deep. And I think all of us probably figured out pretty quickly that this kid had something special in him. And he just continued to grow his four years there. Uh, He had a 23.10 rebound performance against Portland once he came back from injury uh, late in his freshman season. He didn't play a whole lot. Uh, He he played, you know, 15 minutes a game, but he didn't contribute a whole lot by the end of his freshman year because there were so many uh, other talented players and Zach Norvell kind of went off in that tournament. And then his sophomore year, um, there was even he was probably still the fourth, maybe fifth scoring option, uh, but he still averaged eight points a game. He started every single game that he played in outside of senior night. And then going into his junior year is when everybody knew, okay, it's time for this guy to take over because there was just an entire roster overhaul. And so Corey Kispert had to become the guy, and he ended up becoming the guy, boosting his scoring from eight points to 14 points a game. Uh, He increased his three-point percentage from 37% to 44%. He had the second-best offensive rating on the team behind Killian Tilly. He was top 40 in the country in three-point shooting, and it earned him a spot on the first-team All-WCC list. And so he had a chance to go to the NBA, and if it weren't for the pandemic, A, Gonzaga would have played in the tournament last year, and who knows what would have happened, but B, it gave Corey a chance to come back to Gonzaga. Just because of all the uncertainty that was going on, he said, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself. I think I can get even better in a senior season. I've got some unfinished business. I want to lead this team to a national championship. Well, he led the team to the national championship game. He was the WCC player of the year. He was a unanimous first-team All-American. And he had an offensive rating this season of 131.1. So here is the stat that I promised you. That 131.1 offensive rating is the third best of the Mark Few era of any player that played at least 50% of the team's minutes. Number two is Brandon Clark, who had an offensive rating of 134.4. And I think I could give you probably 15 guesses 
And you'd probably guess, you know, all of the normals, Morrison, Wilcher, Sabonis, all of those guys before you'd finally guess who the number one offensive rated player is in the last 20 years of the Mark Few era, according to Ken Palm, who played at least 50% of the team's minutes. Number one, Kyle Bankhead, 2004, had an offensive rating of 140.5. So Corey Kispert finishes third in the Mark Few era in offensive rating uh, with his 131.1 offensive rating this season, averaged 18 and a half points and five rebounds. And he was the undisputed team leader. The impressive thing about Kispert is I don't think any of us really ever expected him to be, you know, a, a potential lottery pick. And so the, the amount that he improved his uh, athleticism, his lateral quickness, his explosiveness to the rim, the ability to beat people off the bounce um, that wasn't there his freshman and sophomore years. I mean, he put in a lot of time uh, to work on his game, and it obviously showed in his junior and senior seasons. And he mentioned on a podcast where, you know, his first two years or so, he was kind of this clean cut, just really rigid guy who was always trying to chase perfection. And then his junior year and then especially his senior year, you know, he let his hair, you know, grow out. He was a lot more free flowing. He kind of just let the game come to him. He wasn't chasing perfection all the time. He just kind of played free. And you could see that in his game. Um, and so his senior season was one of the better senior seasons that Gonzaga has seen in a while. Obviously, he led the team to the national championship game. And it's kind of what he said after the game. And I played this clip uh, last week on the show, but it's what he said after the game that kind of resonates with what it means to be a Zag, where, you know, Gonzaga basketball is more than just, you know, winning games and losing games on the court. But he says, quote, I just want people to remember how much I cared how much I cared about the red and blue. Being a Zag is much more than just the 40 minutes you put in, the time you spend on the floor. It means being a great person off the floor, a great son, a great brother, a great friend. I want people to remember me for being able to do all those things as good or better as I played on the floor. I'm hoping that little kids out there look at our team and look at me and realize they can make it and do it the right way too." End quote. That is the epitome of being a Zag, which is what Peter Woodburn talked about in his article. And I think everybody appreciates about Corey Kispert's journey in Spokane. He was this fringe top 100 prospect from the Seattle area who had faith in Gonzaga to make him a better player. And he had faith in himself to become that better player. And the two of those things put together an elite coaching staff turned a you know, fringe top 100 prospect into an elite college basketball player. And now he's going off to the NBA draft where he could be a top 15 pick. A truly remarkable story from Corey Kispert. And now we wait and see. We see if he becomes that top 15 pick. He was mocked really anywhere between 10 and 15 late in the season. And then his, um, you know, his last three games of the tournament were not great. And so it knocked him down a few pegs. So he's more in the 12 to 25 range. But still on the you know the the precipice of being that lottery pick, I think he's still despite the the struggles that he went through in those final three games, most of those were just more or less shooting concerns. I mean nobody played well in that Baylor game, so I, you kind of want to just throw that one out the window. I still think Corey Kispert is one of the more easy players to just slot in right away for any NBA team. Um, he could become you know a shooter off the bench. He could play a little bit of defense. Uh, he can drive to the rim. Though the one thing 
to also remember is that Corey Kispert was the main focus of basically every single team's defensive game plan this year. Like he was Gonzaga's most important player. And so he was the guy that was going to be trying to take away more than anybody else in the roster. That's not going to happen in the NBA. So he's going to have a lot more freedom, a lot more open space, a lot more opportunity um, to get off those shots. So I think Corey's going to have a great NBA career. I think he's going to have a role. I think he could easily become a starter very quickly. Um, and so we'll kind of just wait and see, you know, what team takes him. And if he's kind of that fringe, you know, lottery pick somewhere in that 12 to 20 range, I mean, he's going to go to a pretty decent team and have a shot at the playoffs, you know, right as he gets into the league. So very happy for Corey Kispert. It was a pleasure to watch him for the four years he was in Spokane. And it's going to be great to follow another Gonzaga Bulldog in the NBA. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Jen Worth and her four years in Spokane. And to be honest, they kind of followed a very similar trajectory as Corey Kispert. Role players, her first two years, budding star as a junior, and then superstar as a senior. And so we'll talk about Jen Worth here in just a second. But first, if you want a place to bet on all of the NFL draft props, betonline.ag is the place to go. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Football fans, tune in April 19th through the 26th and listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Featuring analysis from NFL draft experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts for every team will be making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast feed in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We wrap up the show today talking about Jen Worth, the 6'3 forward from Mesa, Arizona. She had a fairly similar career trajectory, as I said, to Corey Kispert. She started two games as a freshman and played in every single one of them. She averaged four and a half points and three and a half rebounds. And you could see that she was clearly going to be part of their future. She was named to the all-freshman team her first year. And then as a sophomore, uh, she played kind of the first forward off the bench kind of role. And she averaged eight and a half points and five and a half rebounds. And so you knew going into her junior year, now that Zakir Rice had graduated, that she was going to step into that starting role and become pretty much the focal point of the offense because Lisa Fortier really likes running a lot of her stuff uh, through the post. And so that's exactly what happened. She averaged 11 points and 6.9 rebounds, which led the team uh, in rebounding. It was enough to uh, land her on the uh, first team all WCC. And again, I mean, I've, I've harped on this enough the last two weeks now, but they had a chance to make a run in the, in the NCAA tournament. And she was a huge part of it. They would have been a top four seed. They would have played in Spokane. And so going into her senior year, you knew that she was going to have another monster season. Well, she did. And she won WCC player of the year. She averaged 12.7 points and eight rebounds a game. She had nine double-doubles on the season. She had a stretch uh, in the middle of the year where she had five straight double-doubles. And the game that the double-double streak broke, she had 26 points and seven rebounds. 
and then she picked up right back where she left off the next game with another double-double, 21 points and 10 rebounds. So she just had an absolutely dominant stretch uh, around the Christmas and New Year's time, um, and she just kind of continued it all season long. She was incredibly efficient from the field. She shot 54% from the field on the season, which is up from the 44% she shot as a junior. So an impressive you know, 10% jump from her junior year to her senior year. She increased her rebounding. She increased her assist totals. She increased her steal totals. And all of this was in fewer games. She only, you know, they only played 27 games this year instead of 31 because the pandemic shortened a lot of the schedule. So an impressive senior year for Jen Worth. Uh, like I said, the WCC Player of the Year, which is very, very well earned. She actually got Co-Player of the Year with Shaley Gonzalez, technically, from BYU. But still, WCC Player of the Year for Jen Worth, and now she heads off to the WNBA Draft. She's good enough to play at the next level, um, whether that's in the WNBA or whether that's overseas, if she chooses to continue her basketball career. She's got great size. She's a great rebounder. She's an incredibly good finisher around the rim, um, and she's very crafty with how she finishes. So I think she's got a career in basketball if that's where she ends up uh, going. I've seen her mocked as early as late second round in the WNBA draft. Again, the WNBA draft is coming up April 15th which is Thursday night. And so we'll see what happens with Jen Worth. But either way, it was a fantastic four-year career, both on and off the court. She was a uh, academic All-American uh, honorable mention uh, three straight years. Like most Gonzaga players, she was fantastic in the community as well. She's very well-liked. And so it was just another stellar career for another Gonzaga forward. And they've just had a string of just unbelievable talent that's come through the Gonzaga women's program in terms of uh, in terms of their front court play. Worth followed Zakir Rice, who was incredible. Zakir Rice followed Jill Barda, who was incredible. Barda followed Kiara Kudrun. I mean, you could just go back years and years and years. Just the, the number of ridiculously talented forwards that have come through Gonzaga's program and how well they implement them, both into their system, but also into the Gonzaga and Spokane community has just been a privilege to watch up close uh, uh, here in Spokane. So a great career for Jen Worth, and we'll see what Thursday has in store for her. All right, that's going to do it for me today on the podcast. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about Jalen Suggs, and we're going to be talking about Jen's sister, Leanne Worth. So Jalen Suggs and Leanne Worth tomorrow as we continue our player reviews from the 2020-2021 basketball season. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at scargo, that's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. Don't forget, you can rate and subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us a review and tell us what your Gonzaga story is. Why do you love Gonzaga? Why do you root for the school? Tell us your Gonzaga story, and I'll read them every Friday here on the podcast. Enjoy your Tuesday. We will see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.